Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 206 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. Jacob. What's up? Did I tell you what I did last weekend? Uh, you did not. What'd you do? Dude, I went to Sleepy Hollow, New York. Ooh. Where the Headless Horseman was totally clomping around. Of course. Um, how'd you how'd you get away? I noticed your head is still attached at this time. So well, you know, I never read the book, so I listened to it on the way there. It's very very short. It's like an hour long story. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's and it like, leaves you at the end where you're like, maybe there is no headless horseman. It was just this like jerky guy messing with another guy. That's true. We don't want to give a spoiler alert for the Legends of Sleepy Hollow, but it does <laughs> for have a, a book li- from the 1800s. <laughs> the 200 year old book. We might not have got around to it. <laughs> Uh, but it does have like one of those ambiguous endings. I think even it's, like the Disney cartoon does. It's a little, it's a little ambiguous, but it was really fun. And then we went to this event where you probably saw on Twitter they just have thousands and thousands of carved pumpkins, and then they build them into things. I did see that actually. It looks pretty cool. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, and I've done some dope stuff. <laughs> I like when uh, those areas that are in like the sleepier sleepier <laughs> that are like the more halloween centric uh areas like yeah. get the idea like let's look oh they're, this a little they're bit. absolutely leaning into it so for people if you can ever get away to the hudson valley go to the great jack-o'-lantern blaze it was so cool it was so cool put yeah. me in a real um halloween spirit which we are going to continue today because we always have to have a sort of spooky episode sort right of spooky episode we, we try to do what we can on the spookier episodes like. yeah we we've talked about so many horror movies so today we're gonna speak to the the connoisseurs of horror fiction mm-hmm. if you uh if you are a horror book fan this is the episode for you because you're gonna enjoy some of the stuff we're throwing out here and i think even if you're not i never read horror books until maybe the last five years i'll say i was like oh, i'm gonna try them out during october and i have been really enjoying that tradition you know i've read some really good stuff i'm kind of like you on that i never really like jumped into the whole like horror book section even when i was like reading fiction books like a lot i mm-hmm. would never do it i've read a couple recently and they can be pretty good when they're well written like they actually do get in your head a little bit if they're well done that's just it so a lot that i've read i'm like the story's okay but i'm always like the writing's lacking i just read this one called black mouth mm-hmm. it was a five-star book to me like oh. i was like i am enthralled the writing's really good it's a really good story it had kind of reminiscence reminiscence of it because it was like people coming back to their hometown where weird stuff happened. Um, Really enjoyable. But, you know, I think that the horror genre itself is much more sophisticated and kind of generous than its reputation might suggest. Sure. People are kind of expecting trash, and it's not really the case. There's many different kinds of scary stories. Um, And if you've only ever dipped a frightened little toe into the pool of horror fiction... Um, We have some recommendations for you today. So we're going to talk about kind of a sampling of some of the really widely read horror novels. Right. um, The kind of books that I think even non-horror readers may have read. But we're going to kind of follow that theme and the general mood 
of those classics and recommend some other books in the same vein. Yeah, like, you know, we'll, we'll get like a main idea, the big ones, you know, like you mentioned, the big yeah. time books. And then like, if you like that, you'll probably like these ones. We're going to mostly, I don't even know about your list, but I know I'm staying mostly away from like the Stephen Kings of the world because, you know, you just pick up one of their books. I don't well, think, I think I Stephen many... King, I think that's a good category. Maybe we'll get to it. Yeah, we we'll have see. a lot of categories, we'll... but as always, we don't have a lot of time. Of course. The hit, quick hitters, a lot of Michelle, because, you know, sure, being the star of the show and all, and actually reading a lot more books <laughs> than I do. Stop. Okay, let's <laughs> get right into it. So, if you were a person and you liked Dracula by Bram Stoker. I mean, who didn't, really? That's a big old story. Then you might not like other books that have similar themes about damp castles or pale people with sharp teeth or staying <laughs> up late. That is what these are going to cover. So there is a book called Dracul oh. by, I don't even know this guy's name, Drake. How would you say D-A-C-R-E? D-A-C-R-E. Dacre? Docker? Probably not, but sure. Decree? <laughs> there's, some, there's probably some weird like affectation that's going on there. That's just it. Like It's probably like, but it's Decree Stoker. Mm. Oh, well, I want, that, mm. that last name sounds familiar. So this say. is a prequel to Dracula, inspired by the notes and the texts that were left behind by um, the author of the classic novel. So Dracul is a supernatural thriller that reveals not only Dracula's true origins, dun, dun, dun. but Bram Stoker's as well. And it's the tale of this woman who connects them. Oh, there's always got to be some kind of relationship stuff going on. Well, sure. But so that's kind of a cool play on that. Um, The next one is The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. This is some good advice, man. If anybody's (laughs) going to know how to take out vampires, people, it's the Southern Book Clubs. This is by Grady Hendricks. I did read a book by him last year for October. It was like called like My Best Friend's Exorcism. Excellent. I enjoyed I think it they very actually, much. That's a show on uh, like Prime or something now. It's oh, like a, is it's it? It's like a movie that just came out. Oh, that's funny. It was a really enjoyable book. It was one of the few books in my life I bought without knowing anything about it, but the cover was too good to resist. That's, I literally picked it up and I was like, I will own this. I don't even care if you're a good book. <laughs> you know, that is like, I love, that's how I used to do stuff at Blockbuster. Like, mm-hmm. I would never know what a movie was, but I would just walk through the horse. You get a point for your cover. Whatever's got the coolest cover, you better believe that that <laughs> Bad boys coming over. So the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires is kind of a Steel Magnolias meets Dracula. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun combination. <laughs> yeah. Half of the cast of the Steel Magnolias was alive when Dracula was. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. It is about a woman's book club that must do battle with a mysterious newcomer who's more of a Bundy than a Brad Pitt, if oh, you know what I mean, to word, their small southern town. Wordplay. Yeah, so this is like a... The, he's fun. This is a fun author, so it's going to be a fun book. Maybe a little less intense than Dracula. Yeah. Well, you, if you haven't read Dracula in a while, that book is that gets a little. There's some good stuff and some violent stuff in that book. Some of those older books you don't really think. about. I never actually read the original Dracula. It's like written with like a lot of like notes and text and stuff. Like it's not like an actual narrative. It's more okay. like correspondence, and that's how you find out what's going on. I would check it out. I was like, oh, I'll read some of the classics, but I read Frankenstein, and then I was like. Okay, but I didn't love it. I got about five pages into Frankenstein. And my <laughs> yeah. brain, fe- my like yeah. my deep parts of my brain fell asleep. That is a wordy book. Okay, so Dracula's not like that. 
No, no, no. Dracula is just like too like verily and thus and fair too okay. well and stuff like that. Okay. The next one in our vampire list here is Fledgling by Octavia E. Butler. If you haven't read Octavia Butler, you're you're doing yourself dirty. You just should. You mean yeah, guys. She's an excellent author. She's got the first name Octavia. You know there's gotta be something <laughs> interesting going on. So this is the story of um a young, apparently amnesiac girl who Um, whose alarmingly unhuman needs and abilities lead her to this startling conclusion that she is, in fact, a genetically modified 53-year-old vampire. So she is forced to discover what she can about her stolen former life, and she must at the same time learn um, who wanted and still wants to destroy her, and um, is it someone that she cared for, and how she can save herself. So there's a story for you. Again, Octavia Butler, she's excellent at sci-fi, so I think this would be really interesting into the horror realm. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap between like sci-fi and horror books sometimes, especially with the way you have to write some of the characters. And you're writing about outlandish stuff yeah. all the time, so um, the more it, realistic and grounded you can make it, the better. Absolutely, makes it a more realistic story. And then the last one in this category is House of Hunger by Alexis Henderson. So this is about Marion Shaw, who's been raised in the slums, um, you know, deprivation is kind of the only life that she knows. And despite longing to leave the city and all of its miseries, she has no real hope of escape until, until. she spots a peculiar listing in the newspaper seeking a blood maid. Oh, see. Number one. Come for, on. Yeah, that's a red flag. Red flag. <laughs> that's a nice big old red flag right there, man. If somebody's asking for a blood yeah, maid like, I don't or know what that is. Though, so she knows little about the far north where wealthy nobility live in luxury and, you know, drink the blood of those in their service. Marion applies to the position, and in a matter of days, she finds herself the newest blood maid at the notorious House of Hunger. <laughs> Again, now you want to be a blood maid at the House of I mean, I don't hunger. think she knew what she was getting into, which uh, always makes for a good story. She knew a little bit, man. Like, you I know, mean, Blood Maid uh, isn't hiding a lot. The House of Hunger. That, they didn't hide it at all. Like, they don't, like, <laughs> I guess they really were they putting it right out I there. I bet you they had like a big neon uh, come get killed here sign right <laughs> over the door. And probably like, well, I need the money. <laughs> oh, what oh, do you have boy, for oh, us? All right. So if you were a fan of the uh, the book Harvest Home by Thomas Tryon, do you remember yeah. that one? I never read it, but I know that... Stephen King was inspired by it, and then he wrote Children of the Corn. Which pretty much tells you all you <laughs> yeah. know there. This book, if you haven't read it, it's kind of like there's a lot of folks, folk horror-like uh-huh. stuff in there. Uh, the Midsommar-esque vibe, which is, means it's got like a nice little cult. I think it's just Midsummer. Really? Because I've heard it's pronounced both ways. Like mm-hmm. I, I said Midsummer, and then I started saying Midsommar because it sounds more in, like intellectual. I'll have to watch a video. I thought it was just Midsummer, but go on. <laughs> just avoid any flaming bears. We, that's all we're saying <laughs> yeah. about that. Uh, and, you know, werewolves and wicker men. You, you know I love me some werewolves and wicker men. Sure. I'm excited for the picks. All right. So there's a couple books that if you like those, um, you know, you'll enjoy that. Uh, Empire of the Wild by, uh, was it Sherry? Sherry? Again, we're having. We're just garbage (laughs) at first names. Usually it's last names. Now we can't even do first names. Well, I'm going to go with Sherry. (laughs) Okay. You know, I'm an American. That's how it works. (laughs) Uh, This is a fable inspired by the traditional Canadian Metis legend of the Rogaru. Oh, boy. I feel like I butchered both of those. Okay. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, A werewolf like creature that haunts the roads and woods of native people's communities. Oh. You know, kind of like a Wendigo kind of thing. Sure. Going on there. What is it with natives and having. loving to have these hunting. 
these hunting monsters, man. I bet you think probably. I don't think they'd love to have them. Well, you know, I, I'm sure they don't <laughs> like to ha- love to have them, but it is like, kind of comes up a lot in a lot of their stories. Okay, here. that sounds cool, though. All right, here's another one: "Only Good Indians" by Stephen Graham Jones. Oh, I read that book. That was a good book. Is it? Yeah, well, I'm kind of interested. I looked at the th- thing of it actually. Um, this follows the lives of four young Indian American or American Indian men and their families, haunted by disturbing, deadly events that took place in their youth. And then years later, they find themselves tr- uh, chased by a evil, malevolent spirit that's trying to take them out. We sure do. I think we got ourselves another Wendigo running around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Man, we got, you know what? Side note, sidebar here. I'm going to have to go call a thing up at the res next time that I'm up there. <laughs> we got to figure out some new monsters, man, because we got like one or two running around. Why do we? Yeah, but the monsters are all, it's all different. You know, it's not like the same monster. It's kind of just. Yeah. We got to get like a blob. Let me mention that. Like, nobody's got a blob. Can we it's come up true. With like Where a, are all the blobs at? We got a Canadian blob made of maple syrup that, like, sucks the <laughs> life out of you. Ooh, it's actually kind of a, <laughs> kind of a good idea. Um, all right. So another book, uh, Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. So after a night out at a bar, Rory hits a large animal with her car. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's never a good Bummer. situation. She, she's thinking about her insurance and stuff. But when she gets out to investigate, she's attacked by something. Oh. Not a good start. But, you know, she survives miraculously because when you're getting mauled by animals, it's never really a good idea. Um, But life begins to look and feel differently. She's unnaturally strong. She's got an aversion to silver. Oh, boy. I see where we're going here. Yeah, right off the bat. That's that's something you need to pay attention to. (laughs) And suddenly uh, the moon, it just like she can't stop looking at it. So she's... (laughs) I mean... (laughs) <laughs> what could it be happening to her? I, I, sometimes when you read these, you're like, have you never read or That's read funny. any kind of folk fiction with some of these people? Um, she's changing into something else. Um, but what does that mean for those close to her? Are they in danger now? Is she going to just embrace her newfound, like, I don't want to say werewolf, but werewolf It sure, It sure seems to be there, leaning that way. There's definitely some werewolf-esque qualities. I like that in werewolf stories, though, where either people have no control or they're trying to fight it and not, like, attack their family. I think it's an interesting dilemma. It is. Well, I'll you accept got, it. got to get yourself locked up in a room or something. or get, That's when you find all those big, uh, get one of those big heavy doors and stuff like that. <laughs> what? It's like get one of those big heavy doors. Yeah, you gotta get like one of those metal ones. You don't want to like a wood door if you're trying to hide a vampire or a werewolf. They're gonna break right out of there. Weirdest thing. Yeah. Okay. Good. Really good point, Jacob. You know what? If you can make the door made out of silver, probably even better. Wow. You. There's no stopping you. What else do you You have? You know what? If we have a, we're not gonna put you in charge of werewolf uh, containment. Like you know. No, we'll put you in charge where your great ideas are. Get a silver door, and people will be like, "What? I'm. It's literally happening right." Right now, I need on. I need on the fly. Well, well, like if we, well, if it's happening right now, we're it's already over. So let's <laughs> let's get through tonight, and then let's discuss what we're gonna do going forward. Okay. You know what? I will gladly take werewolf containment, and you know what? That's gonna be one contained werewolf. Okay, so I'll hide it here somewhere in the library, and like in a. You are cages. you are on a tangent. <laughs> I know. I'm getting I'm getting distracted. All right. So then, uh, stolen tongues by Felix Blackwell. Another one that looks interesting. A romantic cabin getaway doesn't exactly go as planned as high up on a cliff of, um, well, a couple people celebrate their new engagement. Um, soon a chorus of ghastly noises is coming from the woods. Ghastly? Yeah, we got the scream of animals, the cries of children, and the uh, mad babble of a hundred like disturbed voices, which, again, if you're hearing a bunch of voices going off, get 
out of yeah, there. Yeah, get out real quick. Um, a dark figure le- um, looms nearby the windows and then whispering to the wife. So as the weather starts to turn deadly, Felix discovered that his terrified fiance isn't just mumbling in her sleep. She's whispering back. Double She's whispering back to the voices. Dun, dun, dun. Which means we got like two different voices going on. We got like another little, seems like we got some vampire stuff going on there, people. And it looks like they're all trying to catch people. Stolen Tongues is a is a solid title. I like that. That is a good title, actually. It's very evocative imagery. I'm kind of curious to see what they put on the cover for that one. <laughs> okay, next up. If you liked the very famous story of The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. Which, who doesn't? I just watched the third movie yesterday, actually. I would not do that. But third, third movie's good, and I will argue with anybody on okay. that Okay, so these books coming up here, we've cover some demonic possession, troubled priests, big battles between good and evil. If that sounds like your wheelhouse, then you might want to read The Amityville Horror by Jay Anson. So, it's a pretty popular story, but if you don't know, in December of 1975, the Lutz family moved into their new home on suburban Long Island. George and Kathleen Lutz knew that one year earlier, um, Ronald DeFeo had murdered his parents, brother, and sisters in the house, but the property and the price had just been too good to pass up. This, do not forget, is based on a true story. 28 days later, after moving into that house, the entire Lutz family fled in terror. So spellbinding story, it really gripped a nation about kind of the American dream that turned into a nightmare beyond imagining. Is it true? Is it not? I, we don't know. Well, I think the fact that it's in the fiction section kind of gives you a hint It is there. not in the fiction section. Well, it should be. That is a non-fiction story. This is actually uh, the story that kicked off the Warrens' career as well. That pair of con men that's behind like the Conjuring series and like the Annabelle movies. Like oh, the, uh, Patrick, sure. Patrick Wilson and... Uh, they Vera made Formiga. a whole life out of that. Good for them, man. They were selling their, their grift and people were buying it. They still are to this day, so good for them. I think people secretly like to be grifted. <laughs> I, I, it's the American. Hey. It's the American way, man. It's what we're best at. Hey. Lie to me, and then I'll, I'll give you my money. <laughs> the next book is The Devil Takes You Home by Gabino Iglesias. So buried in debt due to his young daughter's illness, his marriage is on the brink. We've got Mario, who reluctantly takes a job as a hitman. Surprising himself with his proclivity for violence. Like, <laughs> like you uh, learn something about yourself. Hey, you know what? I'm pretty good at this whole murder thing. Let's uh, let's keep doing this. Pretty good. So Mario agrees to one final job, and one thing is certain. Even if Mario makes it out alive, he won't return the same. This is not just like a standard true crime kind of story okay we've got a real twist to this so that's the devil takes you home and, uh, don't worry this mario not voiced by chris pratt so we do <laughs> not have to be depressed and annoyed uh at this one the thing that upset people is always very interesting <laughs> they to were, me they were also quite mad about uh, mario's lack of a butt that was another thing people were mad about so, so this is what we're worried about in october of 2022 people. i wish these were my worries the next book is called little eve by katrona ward so um we have on the wind battered isle of Althnahara, which is off the uh, wildest coast of scotland that's a wait that's a real place i thought yes. that was like something warcraft or something nope a clan <laughs> prepares to bring about the end of the world and its imminent rebirth Standard things here. Okay. So um, the adder is coming, and one of their numbers will inherit its powers. 
I know it's very confusing if you don't know the backstory, but you get it within the book. It's kind of whimsical. I'm thinking about it with a Scottish accent. Yes. So they all want the honor, but young Eve Mm -hmm. is willing to do anything for this distinction in this huge moment in time. That's never good. So it is not good, especially when we're under the exorcist category here. Mm -hmm. You know stuff's going to get really weird. And then another book, A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. (laughs) I've been there, buddy. (laughs) I actually read this book. It was pretty good as well. So we have the lives of the Barretts. They are a normal suburban New England family, but they're torn apart when their 14-year-old daughter, Marjorie, begins to display signs of acute schizophrenia. So to her parents' despair, the doctors are really unable to stop her descent into madness, like nothing is helping. And their stable home kind of devolves into this house of horrors because she's doing this really messed up stuff. So they really kind of reluctantly turn to a local Catholic priest for help. Um, And Father uh, Wanderlee suggests an exorcism. Sure. Um, He believes that this vulnerable teenager is the victim of demonic possession. That's why she's acting this way. Um, He also contacts a production company that is eager to document the Barrett's plight. And because they've spent so much on her hospital bills trying to figure out what's wrong with her, they're they're I, broke, so I, they're like, okay, we'll allow this. I appreciate the practicality of this guy. He's like, you know what? We need some. We got. Where's the money coming from? We got to pay for this whole operation. So you get to kind of watch firsthand, like the world is watching them perform an exorcism on this girl. And does she need that? Is pretty, she just sick? Pretty sweet, dude. That's kind of what we're gonna find out in the book. All right. So uh, next one I'm gonna do here. Uh, do you remember the book House of Leaves by Bar- Mark uh, Danawiski? I mean, that's not a book I can read at all, but I know that people are deeply, deeply obsessed with it. Yeah. So basically, if you like metafictional takes on familiar tropes, if you're like books within books, nonlinear narratives, I mean, I know I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, give me memento any day of the week. And we okay. Go. I think people will like whatever comes up here because they love that. Yeah, of course. Um, so the first one that was recommended, if you like that kind of book, is You Should Have Left by Daniel Kilman, I think that's how pronounce Okay. So a screenwriter, his wife, and their four-year-old daughter rent a house in the mountains of Germany, mm-hmm. but something, you know, is a little off there. So as he toils on a sequel to his most successful movie, the screenwriter notices the rooms aren't where he remembers them, and he finds his notebook's words are not so much his own anymore. Oh. So it's about the family going around trying to figure out what's going on there. Some, I wonder if it's like House of Leaves where you have to hold this stupid book up to a mirror to read parts of it. Oh, is that really a thing? I didn't read House of Leaves. Is that really? Oh like my that? God! Yes, there's so much. It's the weirdest, weirdest book ever. And there might just be some like six letters on a page falling around, and you have to hold it up or turn it around. It's really, it's really difficult. But I think that's why people like it. I like the idea that it's run like uh, one of Lord of the Rings books, like Under the Last Moon of This Sun. Blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it. That's pretty. <laughs> that's kind of a cool trope, actually. Uh, another one that was recommended was Devil House by John Darnielle. Um, so Gage Chandler is descended from kings. At least that's what his mom's always told him. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> so we now he's a true crime writer with only one grisly success and movie adaptation to his name, along with like a series of subsequent efforts that just kind of, you know, paid the bills like your lesser works. He's putting out his mists and his Shawshank redemptions. And stuff <laughs> okay. Like um, but now he is being offered the chance for his big break. He gets a chance to move into what the locals call the devil house to which a briefly notorious pair of murders occurred. And 
was apparently the work of disaffected 1980s teens. So I like the idea that we got some American Psycho stuff going on in that house with all these murders. Yeah, <laughs> that book is on my to-read list. Yeah. So to begin his re- he begins his research with uh, enthusiasm, but soon the story leads him into a puzzle he never expected and back into his own work and what it meant to what the very core of himself and who and what he is. I like the idea that that's like a really cool description of this book, man. Like I could see why it's on your top 10 list. It looks like it's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of twist and turns. Yeah. Going probably after till next year. I think I just ran out of, uh, I ran out of October time because I'm reading a book and I've got one more on the docket. So well, you got plenty of time. Will it take you like four hours to read the entire <laughs> book? Like you can knock out a thousand of them. By <laughs> I wish that was accurate. Uh, next one is actually one I'm very familiar with, The Terror by Dan Simmons. I've recommended it on this show before. It was a good book. A little I, long, but good book. A little long. It's a 1,400-page book. Yeah, it's, he could have cut a little. <laughs> you, 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 like, you enjoy the book, watch the TV show, either one. It's basically the same same deal in both. Yeah. You're going to like them. So the men of – this is a true story, by the way, so something else yeah, to Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the men of the HMS Terror have had every um, expectation of triumph uh, – thwarted as they're doing this the year is 1845 and the franklin expedition the first steam-powered vessel in the north um in english history is going through the northwest passage they end up getting stuck in the snow mm. as what would happen so as right they in hunt, that iceberg which you frozen don't want to be stuck up in the arctic period especially back in the 1800s so basically they get stuck and supernatural weird stuff starts to get happening they get start getting chased by bears they start seeing ghosts the whole crew starts to get horribly sick for reasons they can't understand you feel cold reading that book too <sighs> it's this is it's some of the so descriptions cold. it's like i can't even imagine no and don't want to living in a boat and that's the only way no but if you want like claustrophobic horror that's actually happened and true and they're still not totally sure what went down what's true or not Go check out The Terror, everybody. You're going to love that book. I know I did. It's fantastic. I, I did enjoy it. Again, a little shorter would have been nice, but I did really yeah. enjoy it. Okay, our last category, which is sad because there's so many good ones, but if you liked the book The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Oh, I love that book. What a great book. Um, we've got more books involving creaky horrors, maybe under your bed, eerie nighttime noises, all of that good stuff. The first book is The Good House um, by... Tana, come on, what is it? Tana Nareev? Nailed it. I doubt it. Why are these the hardest first names ever? So Tana Nareev Du, okay? That's the author. Oh, that so, was her first name was Tana Nareev? Yes, that's oh. what I'm trying to say here. I thought that was her full name. Um, So Sorry. the home that belonged to um this girl Angela's late grandmother is so beloved that the townspeople um, in Sacagawea, Washington call it the good house. But all of that changes when one summer an unexpected tragedy takes place behind its closed doors and then the family history and the future is really dramatically transformed. So could that be related to a terrifying entity that Angela's know. grandmother battled seven decades ago? I don't know. I got a feeling that it does. Yeah. So that's The Good House. The next book, When the Reckoning Comes. Solid title. Great title. By Latanya McQueen. So this is a haunting novel about a black woman who returns to her hometown for a plantation wedding and the horror that ensues when she reconnects with a blood-soaked history of the land and the best friends that she left behind. Dun-dun-dun. The Invited by Jennifer McMahon. This is a very chilling ghost story with 
a twist. You ready? So we're in oh. the woods of Vermont. Okay. We have is, a hus- is that a twist? <laughs> no, that's the best part. Okay. We have a husband and a wife who don't simply move into a haunted house. Everyone's doing that. Of course. They build one. So Helen is a former history teacher, and she becomes really consumed by this local legend of this Hattie Breckenridge, this woman who lived and died there a century ago. So with her passion for artifacts, she finds these really special materials to incorporate into this house that she's building, like... It's a beam from an old schoolroom and some bricks from the mill and a, a mantle from this old farmhouse. So you see where I'm going? Yeah, it's all like a witch's brew kind of going on there. Yes, exactly. So she's going to build herself. So I like that idea. I always like, you know, a change on, you know, the old troops. And then the last one, Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. Um, I read one book by her that I really, really adored. So I have high hopes for this one. Okay. This is about we have Vera's mother who called her to come back home, and Vera obeyed. So in spite of their really long estrangement, and in spite of the memories, because she's coming back to a home of a serial killer, um, and she's back to face the love that she had for her father and the bodies that he buried in this house. Which okay. is always a unfortunate like situation to have to deal with. Sure, it sure is a bummer when you find out your dad's a serial killer. I mean, who hasn't been there before? I'm right. <laughs> it's something to reckon with. But okay, so these are a ton of books for you to check out. I mean, they sound really awesome. If you are not a horror book person, I really recommend checking it out. It's kind of nice to spook yourself a little. And the best thing with books, you get a little too spooked. You just put it down for a little bit. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe like you are in, maybe you're in a ghost story. You're reading your spooky book. Next thing you know, you got spooky ghost. And Whoa. then somebody's writing a spooky ghost book about your spooky ghost book situation. Wow. Very meta. But all right, Jacob, why don't you plug us up? But you know where the best place to get yourself some spooky ghost books is? Your local library. We got 37 branches all throughout Erie County. So stop on by and grab one. We got a ton of them. So we'll help you out there. Uh, don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. See what kind of programs the library's got going on. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod and let us know what spooky books you're checking out this year. And now my favorite thing is spooky facts, which I really had to limit because they're all so good. (laughs) Did you know that real corpses were used in the 1982 film Poltergeist? I did know that. (laughs) And you know why? Because they were cheaper. They sure were. They were bought from a medical supply center and were way less expensive expensive than making props. I remember, I got to imagine somebody was like, Toby, what are you doing, bro? Why are we using, like, you He's like, I have a great idea. 100% they did not tell the actors that until after the shoot. I yes. guarantee you. Do you know about tooth in the eye surgery? Notice how I just was quiet there. I'm like, I don't know what where this is going, but I don't like Surgeons it. put a tooth in a blind person's eye to restore their sight. Okay, this was, re- this is real. It was pioneered in the 1960s. It actually works. It is still being done today. You need to Google it. What the hell? What are you it's talking about? It's very strange. It's very cool at the same time. It's called osteoodontokeratoprocesis. I can't say that word. They literally put a tooth in your eye. It helps restore sight. Read about it. It's fascinating. Do you, first of all, it's a ridiculous concept. But equally ridiculous, do you think that when they shake their head, it sounds like a uh, like a spray can? That's gross. I'm not, I'm not thinking about that. Do you know why dogs like squeaky toys? Uh, no. Because they mimic the screams of their prey. I love that. Your dogs are uh, creepers. Well, good good job, pups. Uh, two Scottish surgeons originally invented the chainsaw to assist in childbirth. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, so 
without getting too into it, it's the 18th century. We have these two Scottish doctors. They developed a prototype of the chainsaw, the same one that is familiar in the timber timber industry of today. And it was to kind of um, excise diseased bone, but involved in um, birth and obstetricians and gynecologists working in the field at the time were really bowled over by how much better these chainsaws were um, for conducting this process than any previous methods. Now it's not the same chainsaw that you're thinking of, but it is what they based the chainsaw on that cuts down timber. So well, sorry I'll, ladies, that was not great for you. I'll tell you what, a chainsaw definitely take care of bone a lot better than a knife will or an ax, that's for darn sure. There you go. Do you know that when you die, the last sense to leave your body is the ability to hear. Oh, great. <laughs> so that's that, awesome. <laughs> so you get to hear everybody screaming and, and crying. And be like, you're dead. Yeah, so that's, these are very horrible. And the last one is my favorite. Ducklings, oh, cutest things ever. Little, little ducklings can engage in cannibalistic behaviors when they're bored. Well, they're just bored. Like, <laughs> so hey. ducklings over a month old are most likely to exhibit this tendency. Um, if they're bored or aggravated by overcrowding, if there's a lack of ventilation or poor nutrition, they will go cannibal on their little fellow brothers and sisters. So, hey, hey Donald, what are you doing over there? <laughs> it's a very scary world out there. But thank you so much for listening. Enjoy spooky time, and we will see you next time. Bye.